Hi, this is Dr. Jeff McCombs, and thank you for joining me today for Candida Diet Tips, Recipes, and Insights for Greater Health and Vitality in Your Life. This is episode number 27, and today's episode is called Curing the Incurables. Now, this is a little bit off of the topic of candida, although there are definitely aspects of this that do apply uh, to how we can successfully address candida and many, many other underlying issues, especially in more complex cases. As a uh, healthcare practitioner, I find that it is extremely important to consider the many aspects of health, which does mean addressing the complexity of the human body. Unfortunately, healthcare today almost never considers the complexity of the body and instead attempts to minimize and oversimplify this complexity in order to have quick in and out management of patients. This is a very outdated approach to healthcare. It is straight out of the 1980s, maybe before that, and it definitely has no place in 2023. Additionally, it ignores so many advancements in science that it literally places millions of patients' lives at risk on a daily basis. And that is all, again, in the name of patient management, getting people in and out the door, spending as little time with them, and trying to see as many people as possible. Uh, so, you know, that's what this typically looks like. You go to a doctor with a uh, complaint or a symptom, you fill out a form, the doctor sees you for a very limited period of time. He may take your blood pressure, listen to your heart, have you explain your symptoms, and then most likely will order a blood test or, and schedule a follow-up visit. If your blood pressure is high, if your blood sugar, um, if they measure that with a spot blood check, uh, they may give you some type of medication or talk to you about it and then maybe say, well, hold off on that. Um, but, uh, the standard of care is a, a simple blood test. And, uh, once you return, that typically is going to come back negative. I mean, the, the ranges for each of the markers that they look in a blood test are so wide or extreme. I think extreme is probably the better interpretation of that because the range is so extreme that you are going to be okay as long as you're within that range, but as soon as you're outside of that range, let's say the high end is 20 and now you're 21, now you've got a disease. So how do you go from in one point being healthy to having a disease? And that's the way blood tests are set up. And um, you know, if, if it looks like there might be something else, if your symptoms are more severe, maybe you get an MRI, an X-ray, but the, the amount of time spent face-to-face -face is very limited. The amount of information they can gather from such an encounter is very limited. And uh, most people with their symptoms are told to just, you know, blood test is fine. You're perfectly healthy. Go home. You know, if these, if these symptoms, problems continue, come back and we'll, maybe we'll look at something else. Um, but that is healthcare today. Uh, these uh, patient assessments are just you know, abysmal. They're not really going to be able to find anything. And there, is, there are so many advancements in science, and modern medicine holds itself out to be a science-based 
practice, but in reality, it is, it is a management-based practice and more opinion than anything else. And if we don't take advantage of the valuable tests and assessments that can be done today, then people who can be successfully treated, be cured, will never have that option. And they will be written off as incurable. And unfortunately, this is the majority of what we find in healthcare today. Uh, if a doctor can't figure it out, then it's all in your brain and he wants you to go um, see a psychiatrist, psychologist, uh, you know, they're most likely just going to put you on meds, which in most cases are theoretical in how they're um, developed. They're, they haven't really proven many times that the drug like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors for depression, that's all a theoretical basis. And yet that drug or the, that class of drugs is so widely prescribed and it's very dangerous. Um, and this is, you know, something that's just really ignoring the vast body of a science that is available to us today. And if we use that science, we can see miracles. I mean, what if there were programs like this that were available today that could take people from being incurable to being curable? So, you know, wouldn't everybody want, wouldn't a doctor want to take advantage of that? And of course, you're not going to see that in quote unquote modern medicine today. But guess what? Those uh, protocols, those tests, they are available. And these incredible testing formats are out there, and they are the future of medicine. Uh, so much so that there are probably 10 or 12 or 20 startups out there who are organizing these testing formats, and they are raising billions of dollars. I saw one last week uh, information they had raised $800 million to start doing these type of testing protocols. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how it's gonna be uh, delivered out to the medical community because um, they are so behind on science. Um, these testing formats are called, uh, it's called multi-omics testing. The omics are the different areas of science, of uh, biological science, systems biology. Uh, that look at um, everything from genetics, which is also known as genomics, uh, nutrients and metabolites, that's called metabolomics, the microbiome, microbiomics, toxins, toxicomics, minerals, which are also known as ions, ionomics, and more. Uh, so all these testing formats currently exist, and these new startups are putting together, th and they're only putting together maybe two of these testing formats are three. Three is the most I've seen so far. Um, it was genomics, metabolomics, and ionomics. So ionomics minerals, metabolomics are gonna be metabolites, organic acids, um, substances produced from the cells functioning, and then genomics, our genetics. But that leaves out microbiomics, which is huge, and toxicomics, another vast area. And all of these together uh, make up such an incredible body of science that we can really pinpoint through diagnosis and therefore then how we treat people can be more targeted and more successful if we use these and integrate these. And so this is where uh, healthcare is going and almost nobody's using it. Uh, we've begun using these platforms because they already exist. And um, utilizing these is truly the correct definition of modern medicine. It's completely science-based. Um, it's documented. 
And there is a vast amount of research which just supports each one of these platforms and it's not being used. And by integrating the information obtained from each of these cutting-edge technologies, uh, again, a more accurate, complete picture of one state of health is now possible. And with these advanced technologies, curing the incurables becomes a greater possibility. Um, you know, if we look at uh, for... I've been practicing 40 years now, and, you know, for decades I have heard patients comment, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had an owner's manual for the body? Um, you know, our cars definitely have an owner's manual, makes them easier to fix and diagnose problems. Why don't humans have that? Well, we do, and it is called our genetics and uh, genomics. And so that manual is available. It's been available for at least a decade, and it is being used by um, a few... A few doctors out there, um, you know, probably less than a hundred, um, but that's just one thing. But I have seen with I've been doing uh, genetic testing for a little over five years, and I've just seen amazing results in people, uh, and that includes not only my patients but family and friends. And I would never want to practice without genetic testing again, and yet so few practitioners bother to learn about this, and that again is just one area. And if we consider, I mean, one of the great values with genetics is it shows us how the body metabolizes or detoxifies, handles drugs. So if anybody's receiving a medication, and many people are receiving multiple medications, we really need to know how these genetic pathways are functioning because this will determine if the medication uh, is metabolized quickly, which means it's never in the bloodstream long enough to have an effect or if it's metabolized slowly, which means you're gonna get really high levels of that medication in the bloodstream, and you're really more likely to have some bad side effects. So you need to know the genetic pathways, and this should be done to anybody who receives medications because one of the most common side effects from medications is death. I mean, if you look at all medications, eventually you see somewhere down there, there is that risk listed. Others are um, it's interesting, tuberculosis, you can get tuberculosis from taking certain medications. And almost any medication can cause the problem that it's being um, given to people to treat. And so if we have genetics and genomics, which is available, we have this ability to really minimize risk in people and actually increase the likelihood that they can have tremendous outcomes. Uh, if we look at microbiomics, the gut flora, the bacteria of the body, and how this intersects with our genetics. I mean, it's just incredible. And there are certain bacteria that will uh, produce vitamins for us, and they'll also consume them. But that, that can be affected by the genetics, and this in turn will affect the genetics. The, the gut bacteria have at least 150 times the amount of genetics that we have, and they play such an integral part in the body's health why aren't we looking at that and making that part of how we look at everybody? Uh, metabolomics, if we're able to see the organic acids that are being produced by the bacteria, uh, the byproducts of cellular function, if we can see what's being absorbed into the bloodstream, that gives us information about the genetic pathways and about the, the microbiome, and we get a much more detailed picture of what's taking place. Uh, toxicomics, all our toxic exposure which accumulates in the body can suppress certain bacteria which are usually the commensal the good bacteria 
while accentuating all the pathogenic bad bacteria. Glyphosate is a, uh, an herbicide out there which will suppress uh, certain bacteria that produce vitamin K for the body. And so we lose vitamin K, which is very essential to overall health. And a deficiency of vitamin K has been associated with tumors. So you start to see if there's a toxin present, and maybe this toxin that's present well, is also interfering with how genetic pathways function. So if we know those pathways are already at risk and now we have a toxin, it gives us a clear indication of how we proceed. Do we do detoxification? Do we need to do more nutrient support? Do we need to support other pathways that play a role in getting rid of these toxins? So again, it's just an incredible uh, data set that we can't ignore. So if we have the microbiomics and the metabolomics and toxicomics and ionomics, we're looking at the minerals. And it's not just whether we're deficient in a mineral because these minerals exist or should exist in ratios that are balanced. So it's the ratios which many times are the most important consideration when it comes to minerals. And none of this is being considered. And yet it's here. I mean, down the road, you know, you're looking at 10 to 20 startups out there, billions of dollars being raised. Um, this is going to be implemented. It's going to be watered down. It has to be because the medical profession, doctors really aren't even up on genomics. How are you going to combine one or two other things and expect them to uh, be able to understand it and then convey that to patients? So it's, um, I, th I, I personally think that the, our uh, healthcare profession really needs to be overhauled. It's, it's being practiced in a way which is, again, all about patient management, um, and it needs to be done a different way. And in the future, AI will do many of this because the data just increases and increases. And the testing that's going to be coming down the road from these companies who have raised hundreds of millions to billions of dollars is going to be quite expensive. Um, and again, it doesn't need to be. Uh, we do genetic testing. We do it yeah, at least a third, a quarter, a half, you know, or even less of what uh, some companies are already charging. Some companies are charging over $10,000 for a genetic test, and, and we're nowhere near that. So if you're able to look at the microbiome and the metabolites and the toxins and the minerals and the genetics, you can have this very complete picture and much more so. And I even think that taking better uh, intake forms, uh, health histories, is going to be very valuable because we have to consider not only the individual's health history, but their parents, their grandparents, as far back as we can go. And that will be an influencing factor as well. So um, if you're interested in, in multi-omics or what we call meta-omics on our website, we're doing the testing. It's very advanced. It's very exciting. Um, and, you know, we're seeing great results with it already. Again, I think most people who are diagnosed as being incurable, is you're just in the wrong hands. And um, there are different, definitely different pathways that can be pursued, and uh, you can achieve better results. Uh, today's recipe comes from the Everything Candida Diet book by yours truly, published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, this is a recipe for grilled fish with salsa fresca and can be found on page 237. This recipe is courtesy of Priscilla Satkoff. Uh, she is formerly of Salpicon Restaurant in Chicago. It was a gourmet restaurant, which she owned for 22 years before it was closed. And um, 
she moved uh, down to just, I think, outside of Mexico City, where she's originally from. And she has opened another restaurant down there. So she's continuing to do gourmet cooking. The ingredients are two cups of diced plum tomatoes, one cup of finely chopped onions, one quarter cup of finely chopped cilantro, one tablespoon of finely chopped serrano chilies, two tablespoons of olive oil, two tablespoons of fresh squeezed lime juice, one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil, four six-ounce fish fillets, tilapia, mahi-mahi, red snapper, grouper, um, any of those, half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of freshly ground black peppercorn, one medium avocado sliced, cilantro sprigs for garnish. For the sauce, mix the tomato, onion, cilantro, chilies, olive oil, and lime juice in a large bowl. Cover and refrigerate for approximately one hour to allow the flavors to marry. Let it warm at room temperature after that. Rub the extra virgin olive oil on the fish and season with salt and black pepper. Cook the fish fillets on a grill over medium heat or in a broiler until they are tender. About four to five minutes for the grill and about five to seven minutes for the broiler. Be careful not to overcook. Place the fish on a dinner plate and scoop the tomato mixture on top of the fish. Garnish with slices of avocado and sprigs of cilantro. And um, that sounds extremely good. Uh, Priscilla is, is quite a gourmet cook. Um, so that is it for today. I hope you've uh, enjoyed today's episode. And be sure to subscribe for more Candida Diet Tips recipes and these types of insights. Uh, if you have any questions, please let us know. and We'll try to answer those in one of our upcoming episodes or get back to you personally. You can email us at support at candidaplan.com or call us at 888-236-7780. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, SoundCloud, uh, a lot of different places. We're also on Facebook at Dr. McCombs Candida Plan, as well as our YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram. So we try to get uh, this information out in as many ways as possible. Thank you again for taking the time to listen in and have a great day. <laughs>